0: Hey there, welcome to Bandit's Keep, I'm Daniel, In this episode I'm going to basically read through my homebrew, if you will, uh, grappling-slash-pummeling rules. Essentially, I took the rules that were, or example, that was in the Strategic Review, I believe, issue number two, uh, written by Gary Gygax, and modified them and kind of made them work better for for my table— In the description, I put a link to a Google Drive with the PDF, so if you want to read along or you want to use these um, in your group, go for it. Uh, We have a lot of fun with them. In any case, let me get to it. BX Grappling, version 2.2. These rules are intended to cover combat where two or more creatures face each other, and the intention is to grapple or fight hand to hand, doing non lethal damage. Standard, unarmed combat. Use this procedure when none of the combatants choose to use weapons. Includes claws Bites. Both sides roll initiative. The winner gets the edge, which gives her an extra d6 to her dice pool for the round. If a tie occurs, neither side gets the edge. If one side has surprise, they automatically get the edge. Each side rolls a number of d6s equal to their hit dice or level. This is their dice pool. If more than one opponent is attacking a single fighter, their hit dice are combined. All of the d6s are totaled, and the difference between them is subdual damage dealt to the losing side. If fighting more than one opponent, this can be focused on a single combatant or spread out evenly amongst the group, grounded down. On a tie, both parties struggle, neither able to take action. When a combatant drops to zero hit points or below, through subdual damage, they are unconscious for two to eight turns and can be captured or finished off. Subdual damage is healed at one hit point per turn of rest. Example number one, Bob and the brothers, unarmed. Bob the Bard is seen leaving the window of the local blacksmith's daughter by her three brothers. They chase him down a dead-end alley with the intention of beating the stuffing out of him. Bob is a 4th level thief with 12 hit points, and the 3 brothers are normal men with 1 hit die each, 3, 5, and 2 hit points respectively. Round 1. Initiative is rolled, Bob 4, brother 6. The brothers have the edge, thus roll 4d6, 1 each plus 1 for the win initiative, and Bob rolls 4d6 as well, Bob 12, brothers 15. Bob takes 3 hit points subdual damage. Round 2. Initiative is rolled, Bob 5, brothers 2. Bob gets the edge, and an extra d6, so he rolls 5d6 against the brothers 3d6. Bob 12, brothers 12. Since it's a tie, neither side takes damage and the fight continues. Round 3 initiative is rolled. Bob 3, brothers 1. Bob gets the edge, and an extra d6, so he rolls 5d6 against the brothers 3d6. Bob 20, brothers 13. Bob comes back hard doing 7 points of damage. Since he doesn't know how strong the brothers are, he chooses to focus all the damage on one of them, and it's enough to knock brother one out, determined randomly. Round four, initiative is rolled. Bob two, brothers three. The brothers get the edge and an extra d6, so they roll three d6 against Bob's four d6. Bob eight, ugh. Brothers 16, Ooh. Bob takes eight hit points of damage and is down to one hit point. Round five, initiative is rolled. Bob six, brothers four. Bob gets the edge. And an extra d6 so he rolls 5d6 against the brothers 2d6 bob 15 brothers 5. bob comes back hard doing 10 points of damage this time he decides to chance it and spread the damage out equally doing 5 hit points each to brothers 2 and 3 and knocks them both out cold at this point it would take one round each to kill the brothers if bob wanted but all he really wants is a drink so he grabs the silver from their pockets and heads to the local pub it will take 11 turns Almost two hours of rest for Bob to be back at full hit points. Standard melee with grappling. If a combatant wins initiative and decides to attack with the weapon instead, they roll attack and damage as per normal melee. After this has been resolved, both sides roll D6s as above, with neither side getting a bonus D6. This is true even if only one person, in the case of a group of attackers, uses a weapon. If initiative goes to the weaponless fighter, they get the edge, as above, and no normal melee attacks can be made this round by those involved in the grapple. The attacker can target as many enemies as they choose from those in melee range. So I'm going to jump out of the reading for a second here just to say, the, the, my thought here is that it's that awesome epic scene in the movie where the guy charges at you with a sword, and because you get the grapple on him, he can't hack you with his sword. You basically are grappling him. He can't do it. Now, if you want initiative, of course, then obviously he'd slice you before you grab him. Back to it. Example two. Bob and the dagger are wielding brothers. Bob the Bard is seen leaving the window of the local blacksmith's daughter by her three brothers. They chase him down a dead-end alley with the intention of cutting his throat. Bob is a fourth-level thief, 12 hit points, AC, 7, unarmed. And the three brothers are one hit die each, 3, 5, and 2 hit points, AC, 9. They are armed with daggers. Round 1 initiative is rolled, Bob 4, brothers 6. The brothers win initiative and decide to attack Bob with their daggers. They need a roll of 13 to hit AC, 7 and roll 5, 11, 15. One hit for 1d4, or two hit points of damage. Since Bob is unarmed, he attempts to grapple one of the brothers. The one who cuts me, he says. Both sides roll 1d6 per hit die of level. The brother rolls 1d6. Bob rolls 4d6. Bob 15, brother 5. Bob deals a massive 10 hit points of damage to brother 3, who drops unconscious from the powerful blow. Round 2. Initiative is rolled. Bob 2, Brothers 3. Again, the brothers decide to attack Bob with their daggers. They roll 14, 16. Two hits for five hit points, total damage. Bob, feeling confident, or desperate, decides to grapple both remaining brothers. The brothers roll 2d6, one each, and Bob rolls 4d6. Bob 16, Brothers 8. Bob deals eight hit points of damage, which he decides to spread out between the brothers, hoping they will go down. Unfortunately, only brother number one drops. The DM rolls morale for the final brother, and he passes, so the fight goes on. Round 3 initiative is rolled, Bob 6, brothers 4. Bob gets the edge, and an extra d6, so he rolls 5d6 against the final brother's 1d6. Bob 12, brothers 6. The final brother is laid out cold in the street. Bob walks away bloody but victorious. General notes and advice. A DM should use common sense when working with these rules. In most cases, a fighter, no matter their level, Cannot choose to grapple a huge creature like a dragon, but a dragon could certainly grapple a fighter, and things like slimes, etc. cannot be grappled. Advanced rules. Surprise. When attacking by surprise, the attacker gets the edge, adding 1d6 to the dice pool. When a thief attacks by surprise, aka backstab, they add 1d6 per level to their dice pool. When attacking as a group, standard surprise rules are used. Stunning and pinning. When all the d6s are totaled, and the difference between them is noted, the winning side has several options. Cause the difference, as normal in some dual damage. Cause the opponents to be stunned, see below, for a number of rounds equal to the difference. Or to pin their opponent. Only one opponent can be pinned, but multiple grapplers may pin a single target, and allies of the pinned combatant may attempt to help them escape. Stunning. When stunning multiple opponents, the total number of rounds is divided evenly by those stunned. Round it down. A stunned opponent's speed is quartered, cannot attack, but still defends as normal, and automatically loses initiative, thus giving the edge to the non stunned side. Example 3 Bob and the Brothers Advanced. Bob the Bard is seen leaving the window of the local blacksmith's daughter by her three brothers. They chase him down a dead end alley with the intention of cutting his throat. Bob is a fourth level thief, 12 hit points, AC7, unarmed. And the three brothers are one hit die each. Three, five, 2 hit points, AC 9, and are armed with daggers. Round 1, initiative is rolled, Bob 4, Brothers 6. The brothers win initiative and decide to attack Bob with their daggers. They need to roll a 13 to hit AC 7, and roll 5, 11, 15. 1 hit for D4, 2 hit points damage. Since Bob is unarmed and facing 3 armed men, he attempts to grapple all of them. Both sides roll 1D6 per hit die slash level. The brothers roll 3D6, 1 each. Bob rolls 4d6. Bob 15, brothers 12. Bob decides to stun, one round each, the brothers, in hopes to avoiding more dagger attacks. Round 2. Initiative and the edge automatically go to Bob, so he rolls 5d6 against the brothers 3d6. Bob 14, brothers 15. The brothers decide to stun Bob this time. Round 3. Initiative and the edge go to the brothers, who decide to attack Bob with their daggers, thus losing the edge. They roll 14, 16, 18. Three hits for eight hit points total damage. As Bob is stunned, he cannot initiate an attack this round. Round four. Initiative is rolled. Bob five, brothers three. Initiative and the edge goes to Bob, who continues to grapple. The brothers roll three d6, one each, and Bob rolls four d6. Ah, that's actually a mistake. (laughs) He should be rolling five d6 because he got the edge, but it's fine. Bob rolls five d6. Bob, 16, brothers 8 once again, Bob decides to stun the brothers, this time for two rounds. Round five initiative and edge goes to Bob, who decides to run. His movement is 40, and since the brothers are stunned, they can pursue at only 10 and cannot attack this round. Bob effectively moves from Malay. Round six. As the brothers are stunned for another round, Bob runs full speed, 40, and the brothers who are only able to move 10 are 80 feet away from Bob when they come out of their stunned condition. The chase is on. Now I'll make a note here that I think technically in BX once he broke from Malay he could actually run run and could move much faster than forty. But I just kind of put that in there as a as a little bit of an option. Not everybody fights to the death, right? Let's look at uh, pinning and holding, pinning slash holding. Once overpowered, a combatant may only attack with a dagger at minus four to hit, or try to escape the grapple, rolling d sixes as normal, but dividing the total by two, rounded down. On a loss. He takes the difference in D6 total as subdual damage. Upon reaching zero hit points this way, he is exhausted and helpless, but not unconscious. While pinning an opponent in a grapple, anyone making a melee attack, not a grapple attack, against either the grappled or the grappler receives plus four to hit. All missile attacks hit a random target. In addition, multiple combatants can attempt to free a held fighter. They add their hit die to the total pool, not divided by two. If the pinned defender wins, he throws off the grappling attackers. They are stunned for a number of rounds equal to the difference in the D6 totals, divided by the number of attackers. Example 4. Bob meets Marcus. Advanced. Bob the Bard is seen leaving the tavern by Marcus the Bold, cousin of the blacksmith's brothers. Bob left unconscious on the road two hours ago. Marcus is not happy that Bob dishonored his family and got away with it. That, he says, is about to change. Bob is a 4th level thief, 12 hit points, AC 7, unarmed, and Marcus is a 5th level fighter, 20 hit points, AC 9, unarmed. Round 1, initiative is rolled. Bob 1, Marcus 4. Marcus wins initiative and gets the edge, thus rolling 6d6 versus Bob's 4d6. Marcus 27, Bob 19. Marcus decides to pin Bob. Round 2, initiative is rolled. Bob 1, Marcus 2. Marcus wins initiative and gets the edge again, rolling 66 versus Bob's 46. Marcus 21, Bob 22. But alas, this is divided by 2, because he's pinned. So 11. Marcus deals 10 points to Bob. As this was happening, three of Bob's drinking buddies come out of the bar and come running to Bob's aid. After all, he bought them many drinks with all the silver he took from the brothers. The drunks are all one hit die with two, four, and two hit points. Round 3, initiative is rolled, Bob 6, Marcus 4. Bob and the drunks win initiative and get the edge. Bob rolls 5d6. Bob rolls 5d6 divided by 2. And to that, the drunks will add their 3d6. Marcus 15, Bob 15, which is 7. Drunks 10. That makes 17 on Bob's side. So they manage to throw Marcus off Bob Bob and stun him for two rounds. Round 3 initiative is rolled. Bob 6, Marcus 4. Bob and the drunks win initiative and get the edge. Marcus rolls 5d6. Bob rolls 5d6 as well, but divides by 2. Then adds the, the drunks, 3d6. Marcus, 15. Bob, 15, which is 7. Drunks, 10. That makes 17 on Bob's side, so they manage to throw Marcus off and stun him for 2 rounds. Round 4. Initiative edge goes to Bob and company, and he's feeling pretty bold, so he attacks with 5d6 plus the drunks, 3d6 against Marcus's 5d6, Marcus, 23, Bob and company, 19. Marcus, even in his stunned state, manages four hit points of damage, which he focuses on Bob, who drops like a wet blanket. And that the drunks flee into the night, of course. But that was a story of another time. These days, Bob is married to the blacksmith's daughter and the proud father of three young children. So it goes. Okay, so, because I love to add complexity to things, I actually added some optional rules for thieves alone. Thieves that we might want to work as an assassin, as it would be. So we added optional rules for thieves. Blackjack slash pummel. If a thief uses a blackjack or the pummel of their dagger while attacking by surprise, they double their dice as described above and add plus one per level. Thus, a third level thief attacking by surprise, backstab, with the pummel of his dagger will roll 6d6 plus three. A blackjack or pummel used otherwise does 2-3 hit points of damage, cost of blackjack, 2 gold pieces. Garot When a garot is used to grapple, all damage is actual, not subdual. The first successful hit with the garot is always a pin. When someone is pinned by the garot, they can't speak or call out. A garot is 10 gold pieces. If a thief uses a garot when attempting to backstab, he receives the normal thief bonuses. If the garrote is used during normal not-surprise combat, the thief must subtract d6 from his dice pool until a successful pin is made. A non-thief may use a garrote, but must subtract 2d6 from their dice pool until a successful pin is made. Thus, if a 4th-level fighter surprises with a garrote, they roll a total of 3d6, 4d6 minus 2d6, using a garrote plus 1d6 for having the edge. There's a whole lot of d6 math going on there. <laughs> It should be noted that uh, Garot is an assassin's weapon, legal in most places, and lawful folks do not look kindly on its use, so don't get caught with one if you're a thief. So let's do some examples. Example 5. Blackjack by Surprise Archie the Assassin is hired to kidnap Princess Rose. He sneaks into her castle, moving silently up to a guard stationed outside her chamber. Archie has a blackjack ready and attacks by surprise. Archie is a 4th level thief with 10 hit points, AC 8. George the Guard is a third-level fighter with 17 hit points, ac 5 armed with a polearm. Archie rolls 8d6 plus 4 and gets a total of 33. George rolls 3d6 for a total of 14. Dealing a massive 19 points of subdual damage, George drops to the ground unconscious for 40 minutes. Example 6, Garot by Surprise. Archie the Assassin is hired to kidnap Princess Rose and leave no witnesses. He sneaks into her castle moving silently up to a guard stationed outside her chambers. Archie has a garrote ready and attacks by surprise. Archie is a 4th level thief with 10 hit points, AC 8. George the guard is a 3rd level fighter with 17 hit points, AC 5 armed with a polar. Archie rolls 8d6 plus 4 as a thief attacking by surprise and gets a total of 20. George rolls 3d6 for a total of 17. Archie pins George and continues his attack. Round 1, initiative is rolled. Archie 1, George 2. George wins initiative and gets the edge, rolling 4d6 versus Archie's 4d6. Note, George cannot attack with his polearm as he is pinned. Archie 12, George 16. But alas, George is pinned and divides his total by 2 for a total of 8. Archie deals 4 points of actual damage to George. Round 2, initiative is rolled. Archie 5, George 6. George wins initiative and gets the edge again, rolling 4d6 versus Archie's 4d6. Archie 16, George 15, divided by 2, so 7. Archie deals 9 more points of actual damage to George, dropping him to 4 hit points. Round 3. Initiative is rolled. Archie 4, George 3. Archie wins initiative this round and gets the edge, rolling 5d6 versus George's 3d6. Archie 12, George 10, divided by 2, so 5. Archie deals 7 more points of actual damage to George, who has breathed his last breath. Example 7. Garrot without surprise. Archie the Assassin is hired to kidnap Princess Rose and leave no witnesses. He sneaks into her castle, attempting to move silently up to a guard stationed outside her chambers. Archie has a garrot ready, but does not surprise the guard. Archie is a 4th level thief with 10 hit points, AC 8. George, the guard, is a 3rd level fighter with 17 hit points, AC 5, armed with a polearm. Round 1. Initiative is rolled. Archie 3, George 5. George wins initiative and decides to attack with his polearm. As a 3rd level fighter with average strength, he needs an 11 to hit AC 8. George rolls an 11 and deals 8 points of damage to Archie, who is seriously injured with only 2 8 points remaining. Attacking with the garrote, Archie rolls 3d6, which works out to be 4d6 minus 1d6, for not used during surprise, versus George's 3d6. Archie 16, George 12. Archie pins George. Round 2, initiative is rolled. Archie 1, George 1. An initiative time means neither side gets the edge. As George is pinned, he cannot use his polearm and must grapple. George rolls 3d6 versus Archie's 4d6. Archie 20, George 10, divided by 2, so 5. Archie deals 15 points of actual damage to George, dropping him to 2 hit points. Round 3, initiative is rolled. Archie 2, George 1. Archie gets the edge. As George is still pinned, he cannot use the polearm and must grapple. George rolls 3d6 versus Archie's 5d6. Archie, 16, George, 7, divided by 2, so 3. Archie deals 13 points of actual damage to George, who breathes his last breath. Now, it should be noted, I guess, that when I did these examples, I literally rolled it out. You know, I rolled the the except I except the move silently rolls. I had those work or not work based on what I wanted to show in the story. But basically, all the numbers that I rolled for combats were basically rolled out. So it gave me a decent example of how it would work out, and this worked out pretty good as far as a, a grappling system. And while there are definitely instances, like for instance, that third level fighter with the pole arm should definitely have killed a uh, a thief, right, with the dagger or whatever. But you know, it's BX, right? So the thief could have backstabbed in the cases that he did get the surprise with a plus four to hit and using a sword, he could have taken out the guard, uh, with double damage, you know, pretty, pretty quickly, possibly, you know, it's really hard to know. Um, but I think this adds a little extra flavor and I don't think I'd use the garrote and the, uh, the pummel stuff unless I was running like a thieves type campaign, you know, with, with, with assassinations and stuff like that. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that you like these rules. If you don't, or if you do, or if you use them, or if you don't, or whatever, go ahead and leave a message here, um, get a conversation going. I've actually developed several different combat systems, so maybe once I get this od d thing wrapped up, I will start to get into this if you guys are interested in hearing about them. In any case, I'll talk to you soon.